This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Another week and more pro wrestling to talk about, as always. This is Top Rope Nation, presented by TopRopePress.com. I'm your host, Ryan Drosty, editor-in-chief of Top Rope Press, joined here by the baddest man on Bad Street himself, Mr. Kyle Ross, out in Cleveland, Ohio. Kyle, what's going on in the world today? That was a real cold open here. We just kind of went from talking off air to starting a podcast i was very <laughs> I was, as you started talking i'm like wait are we live, We're live. Kind of, We're live. okay wow all right all right i'm ready to go yeah i'm ready to go here on bad street good cool. reference <laughs> there's a whole lot going on in the world today yeah um, i'll tell you what i'm on bad street all right after watching these nfl games at one o'clock i'm ready to, i i apologize if i get uh angry at all during this show here i'm a rather foul mood on a sunday afternoon I feel like in days like this where the entire world tends to be collapsing around us, Kyle, it's in these times that I enjoy or I tend to enjoy pro wrestling more. It's just kind of an escape from the real world. Um, Because as I look around myself these days here in uh, December of 2016, the quote that comes to my mind was best said by uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when Chevy Chase said, can they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. The world is in flames, Kyle. But we still got pro wrestling to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's one hell of a way to put it. I'll say that much. Ooh. <laughs> so football was not a good escape for you this week. No, it was uh, not a good escape for me. There has been a lot of good escapes. So I'm looking forward to doing this show here. We're kind of doing an escape edition here of Top Rope Nation from what I understand. But yeah, but you do have the Cavs, fantasy Kyle. booking for a change. Yeah, we are going to do some fantasy booking here um, towards the end of the show. Uh, we're going to look at the prospective WrestleMania 33 card, where we think WWE is going. And uh, I do want to say welcome to any new listeners checking out the show this week. Got to throw out a thanks to podbean.com. We are the featured podcast on the homepage this week, all week for Podbean. So shout out to them for giving us that opportunity. I'm assuming there's a lot of new listeners tuning in who've never heard Top Rope Nation. So if you haven't, make sure you go back, check out the archive, see what you've missed. We're here with you uh, every week. And uh, lately, we have been doing also some live post shows following the WWE pay-per-view events. We did a Survivor Series post show, TLC post show. So 
go ahead, look us up on iTunes if you like what you hear today. Subscribe. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to check out those live post-pay-per-view shows. Uh, if you go to topropepress.com, there is a YouTube link at the top right-hand uh, portion of your screen. Click that. It'll take you to our YouTube page and go ahead and click subscribe and you can uh, be up to date on when we're next broadcasting. So thank you again to Podbean. Uh, Kyle, you've been liking those YouTube shows. We've been, we've actually been getting more viewers than I thought we would not to talk down about our show, but we've been doing uh, pretty well in there. It's been pretty fun. Uh, you guys have to look at us up close and personal on the webcam, but uh, it's been a good change of pace. No, it's a good show. I think week in, week out. Now I'll then you know, unlike last week, uh, I'm in a better chair. You know, I'll be honest with you, in that TLC post game show we did, my back about forty minutes in was <laughs> killing me. Like I could not sit straight. Like I have never had back pain in my life like I have had during that show. So I've uh I've got a whole new setup this week. Nice. A little more professional. I'm I'm relaxed here. I'm in kind of a reclining office chair ready to roll uh the only caveat i will offer is that uh as we've been uh my wife and i are getting ready for a move here from house to house uh this desk setup is a little tenuous and i kind of kicked the side out before we started so if there's any sort of loud banging or crash noise uh during this show i apologize that's just the desk collapsing on me Hopefully my laptop doesn't get damaged. <laughs> it sounds kind of like you're sitting at one of those WWE announce tables. It's been prepped to break. And uh... yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> right now, I'll tell you what: if you were to just slam someone on this desk, it's it's breaking in pieces easily. Like it wouldn't even have to be a hard slam. You just have to like lay someone on there. I hope your dogs don't come running into the room and jump up in the yeah. Desk I know. Or... No, the door is closed. So hopefully, yes, thankfully they will not. Uh, they will not. Uh the culprit here it will be me with my crazy right foot if any if, if there's anything here i kind of forgot about uh that during the tlc show but that's right you did kind of about halfway through there if you check it out on youtube kyle kind of reclines back and he's he's laid back on the couch kind of rubbing his that's back. why I did, you noticed that like <laughs> I, I did look i did notice i forgot about that i was trying to be real <laughs> sly but god my back was in pain <laughs> like i just like kept commenting i don't know what it was but it was just it was throbbing i just couldn't be I couldn't get comfortable this week. I'm a lot more comfortable. I can tell you right now. Whether or not that means I'm going to turn into better performance on the podcast, I don't know. Tune in. Stay tuned. Well, we are planning on doing a, a post-game show again um, for Roadblock this Sunday. So you can check that out on YouTube. We'll, we'll be on there live. Um, and another idea that we've been talking Hold on about. There. That's Roadblock end of the line. Roadblock end of the line. Forgot about that. We will be on there uh, to wrap up your night, so you can check that out. And uh, we've been talking. We did start a Patreon page. You can check it out, patreon.com slash Nation. And uh, on our Patreon page, you can fund the show, become a subscriber for a dollar a month minimum, or donate whatever you can. Um, what a deal. I mean, honestly, what can you get for a dollar these days? Well, if you are a Patreon supporter... We are going to start live streaming our midweek podcast as well, just like we do the post-pay-per-view shows. Um, so if you want to see our lovely faces talking on this show live, uh, you can become a Patreon supporter, and they will, will be the only people who have access to the link to see the live stream 
and the archive DVR version on YouTube of our our general, just regular Top Rope Nation shows. The post-pay-per-view shows, those will still be open to anyone that wants to watch them. But if you want to see the live stream of the podcast, go on over to patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Become a supporter of the show for a dollar and uh, or more depending on what you got to donate to the cause. And uh, you will be able to check out the video casts of all of our shows. So just wanted to mention that. So uh, with that being said, we've got some news items to discuss here, Kyle. And oh, we uh, do. We do. The biggest thing I'm seeing on my Twitter timeline today, we're actually recording a show on Sunday afternoon, is uh, John Cena and his performance hosting Saturday Night Live last night kyle did you see the show what did you think of mr cena on the show why did i not tune in till like halfway through again I oh because i was watching the catholics versus convicts thing the 30 for 30 on espn oh, yeah. uh but i did catch i want to say maybe the second half of the show it was i think i tuned in a little bit after midnight somewhere like 12 15 to 12 30 so i think i caught about the second half of the show so um, he was okay, I guess. I, um, I think that any time I laughed at the show, it wasn't really because of him. He definitely was featured a lot, though. Oh, yeah. It seems that the networks like him. I think, uh, yeah, everyone's looking for the next Dwayne Johnson, and they feel like, well, this guy's the top wrestler in the world. Why can't he be the next Dwayne Johnson? And The Rock is currently the highest paid male actor in the world, so everyone kind of sees a chance with John Cena to become the next guy. I'm not sure that he's going to be that guy, but the networks are certainly trying. Have you ever watched The Rock's movies? <laughs> I have, you know, I enjoy more of his television show Ballers. I I have been a I avid... have not I have not seen Ballers at all, to be honest with you. So I can't comment on that. But I watched, I think I commented once when I did the SmackDown recap one week. They had GI Joe on. Oh yeah, before mm-hmm. maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. The dialogue was abhorrent. I found his early movies were better than what he's been doing now yeah like like, uh what was it like walking tall was okay i feel yeah walking tall was actually a a pretty good movie there was the the first two were okay like the first two where he was actually the star the rundown yes though those two the rundown and walking tall were okay not like the the mummy ones so i those were kind of dumb but um yeah, it, it, when when it came out that he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood, that like stunned me. And by stunned, I mean kind of mortified me. I was like, God, do people like these movies? Well, I think he had a, a tough stretch there in the in the middle of his Hollywood career where he was just, it seemed like he was picking any script that came along without any yes. quality control. Like he was doing the, two, was that Tooth Fairy movie? Yeah, just a lot of really dumb movies. And he started out on a high note, like you said, the rundown and, Walking Tall might be his best movie. Um, but I feel like he has been on the right track to some better scripts lately. Oh, man, Doom Doom was also a terrible movie, by the way. That G.I. Joe was really bad. I haven't seen that one, so I can't. It comment. was really bad. Like, well, it was to the point where, like, you know, like, there are movies, like, that are so campy that you kind of, like, enjoy them in a perverse way. Like Rambo <laughs> First Blood. Yeah. Like, you know, it's an entire movie franchise based on the fact that, you know, Brian Dennehy wouldn't give Sly Stallone a cup of coffee. 
And like then like because of that, like there was just all the like all hell broke loose in that town. (laughs) Um, Like like that's still like kind of enjoyable, right? Like the slide tackling and things like that. Yeah. But like that G.I. Joe movie had like none of that. Like the dialogue was just so bad. And um, you know what? I'll be honest with you. The Marine was like so camp was getting back to Cena. I actually kind of enjoyed that more than G.I. Joe, even though like the Marine was kind of like just very tug in cheek and they weren't trying to make like a big time blockbuster movie. It was just like, eh, we're going to get John Cena on the big screen for the first time. Um, I felt that was like so campy that it was actually more enjoyable than like G.I. Joe, to be honest with you. Well, you should check out Ballers. It is a pretty good show. It's, okay. it's really brief. It's like 30 minutes. He's really good in that role. And I think I think Dwayne Johnson's a pretty good actor all around. I think, yeah, it's just like the material he's worked with. Yeah. But, um, the uh, I guess what I found myself doing last night when I watched Cena was I kept comparing him to when The Rock was on SNL the first time back in 2000. And I actually very clearly remember that show because of the fact that I had tickets to a WWE house show the night of that show when The Rock hosted SNL for the very first time. And the reason I remember that is because The Rock was supposed to be at the show. Triple H was supposed to be at the show. Mick Foley was supposed to be at the show that I was going to. And they pulled all of them to go to SNL. So we were pretty disappointed about that. Ouch. What headline <laughs> that show then? Uh I believe it was Kane versus X-Pac in the main event. Oh. Yeah. That's about right. That was r- right before WrestleMania 2000, a.k.a. Yeah. 16. Oh, uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, so it was... Uh, I hate X-Pac closing the show. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, so we were... we were. I was in high school at the time, and <laughs> yeah, we were... Uh, we're pretty disappointed by that. I'm looking up the card right now. Uh, yeah, Kane and X-Pac... We did, however, get Kurt Angle, Benoit, and Jericho in a triple threat. So that was a pretty good, pretty good match. Dude, but overall, they yeah they a WrestleMania uh, dress rehearsal. Yes, that yes. That, they did two falls thing at WrestleMania that year. Yeah, so that was the best match on the card. But yeah, they pulled everyone else for that Rock sh- uh, hosting SNL gig, and that was the show that really opened Hollywood's eyes to this guy and kind of springboarded him into being an actor eventually and so uh when i'm when i was watching cena i just felt like on snl he just didn't have that it factor that dwayne johnson had uh he was he was pretty entertaining i didn't think he was a bad host but i also thought he kind of came across forced at times like he was overacting trying like yes uh, the best example yes. of that is his monologue at the very beginning. It was I did not see the monologue. So yeah. I can't if you watch the monologue, it's it's kind of forced over the top. Uh, you can tell he's trying really hard, but it just didn't come across very natural. But yeah, throughout the show, he was he was pretty good off and on. Um, my favorite skit he was in, he was barely in, only when he looked in the mirror, and that was like uh, life through the eyes of Donald Trump. Yes, you I would agree one. with that. That was of, of the ones that I saw him in. That was the best. Was, yeah. Yeah. As far as the overacting goes, I saw it pretty quickly with when he was Gronk in the uh, Jeopardy thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like right. he was trying really hard for that. Yeah. It seemed. Um, but, you know, overall, it, the key is that it seems that NBC Universal likes him. And it's really interesting because 
they, you know, here's this guy who's getting out there. And, and theoretically, the goal is with getting Cena in all these positions, whether it be the Today Show or on Saturday Night Live, is to get increased eyeballs on WWE. Yeah. And if there are people out there who like John Cena and, you know, all oh, this guy's kind of entertaining. I like this guy. Let me watch WWE. And he's not on WWE. It's kind of very interesting. That yeah. juxtaposition. So um, I think very clearly, and people aren't going to like to hear this. Some people aren't going to like to hear this. And I, I think it's unfair, but um, they need to realize that when John Cena does come back, he should be in a featured role and he's, he's going to be, and we'll, we'll get into that. when I think we fantasy book um, WrestleMania. Cause I think we all, you know, any level headed person is knows that they're going to be, he's going to be in the, SmackDown title match at that show. Um, probably looking to tie Ric Flair's record, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah, there was a report out this week. You can find the article on Top Rope Press that WWE is becoming a bit concerned about John Cena's outside projects. They've had no time give, or they've, they've had no problem giving him time off to pursue the reality show and all these media appearances he's been making. But, uh, yeah, he has been around. Uh, less and less, and uh, yeah, there is an irony there. I think you did a good job pointing that out. That uh, they're getting, they're yeah. trying to get people to tune in, but then John Cena is never on the show. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if it, it's great to have the guy out there, always oh, making a difference. Oh, okay, and you have like these casual people. Oh, I like this John Cena. Let me watch WWE, and then you tune on. He's not there. Then it's um, you know, it doesn't really benefit WWE. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that the, the SNL thing, though, I'm not sure it's going to change or improve his chances in Hollywood to be like, uh, you know, get a lot of starring roles in non-WWE produced movies. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I think he's going to continue kind of where he's at now, which is certainly not a bad place. Um, but I'm not sure he's ever going to get to that stage that uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's at. No, just because, you know, whoever comes first usually always does best. If you ain't first. If that makes sense. Yeah. Should, you know, I mean, like, if Hollywood or whoever, I mean, that's kind of a broad stroke. You're putting just Hollywood in one, uh, you know, kind of just making this all-inclusive Hollywood statement, but whoever is, if they're looking for the next rock, you know, chances are the next rock isn't going to be as good as the original. And that goes for anything. Whenever you're looking for the next something, you know, to put it in wrestling terms, for years, Vince McMahon was looking for the next Hogan in the 90s, and he never really found him. Yeah. You know, and, and what the person who wound up being his, you know, the next great draw was really the antithesis of the Hulk Hogan character that being stone called Steve Austin. So are you telling me the Lex express didn't work? No, it did not. Although, you know, tell me a lie or whatever that, uh, no, that tell me a lie was the Shawn Michaels song. What the, was the, the Lex, Lex one song? was I'll be your hero. Yes, that's right. I shared that with you. What a, <laughs> what a ditty that was, huh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our minds for classic pro wrestling trivia are second to none on this show. We like we like to hit you with some nostalgia, like the classic Lex Express music video from time to time. God, that was a really bad song <laughs> by any objective measure. Yeah, slow, depressing song. Um, the other big story this weekend, or I don't know if I should call it big, but we did get uh, some tweets from people on uh, Twitter that wanted us to talk about this on the show was 
Cody Rhodes, who is officially calling himself the American Nightmare, um, it was announced. As the, yeah, he was announced as the newest member of the Bullet Club at uh, Saturday's uh, World Tag League New Japan Pro Wrestling Finals show, and he was not at the show. Cody wrestled for Evolve over the weekend here in the Northeast, but uh, they aired a video package where Kenny Omega, the leader of the Bullet Club, he. He kind of uh, introduced Cody as the the newest member, and that this uh, video package aired. And according to Abby Arthur here in our report of the show on Top Rope Press, Cody got almost no reaction from the crowd. Cool. But, but it looks like he's going to be making his debut January fourth at Wrestle Kingdom eleven. Yes, I had heard that as well. So, what do you make of Cody Rhodes as the newest Bullet Club member, Kyle? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is a very overrated pro wrestler. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to be rude to the guy. I mean, God bless him. He's trying to, you know, he's done a good job, I think, marketing himself post WWE. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of sharp people who I read um, and follow on Twitter who have pointed out, you know, this guy's not, you know, but, you know, he's not the difference maker that some people think he is. Like WWE never, you know, people were like, you know, the tendency is that WWE has many, 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 many faults. There's no denying that. You know, there's a lot of guys they have right now that probably should be pushed more. But, you know, and there's a tendency whenever somebody kind of stands up to them and leaves, whether it's like, you know, a Damian Sandow or Cody Rhodes. Yeah, man, way to stand up to the man. But the truth is, like, Please show me a time in history when the WWE would have benefited from pushing Cody Rhodes more. Right. I, I'm not familiar with that time period. I mean, I guess, you know, if you want to go back way back in time, you could talk about eh, him and Ted DiBiase losing to DX. Uh, what was that? Like 2009 or something like SummerSlam. Yeah. But right around like, there. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. Okay. They beat DX. Where do they go from there? I just think Cody Rhodes is just a very bland worker. And like, you've seen it, whether it's in evolve or wherever he's gone, he's, you know, he's just not, you know, on those shows, on the indie shows, he's kind of actually one of the poorer workers on those shows. I think. Yeah. We were talking about this off air Cody. I think he's a, he's a good worker, but I don't think he does anything that like sets himself apart. I think he's solid no. in the ring. He's not bad, but there's a lot of wrestlers out there that are solid. Uh, he's, which is so indicative. You know, people are always like, and that's like my issue. People are like, oh, this guy is like good. He deserves better. It's like, well, you know, name a guy in wrestling history who like didn't deserve better. Well, if, if he wasn't the son of an all-time legend would you be clamoring for him to be a top star in WWE? If he was just some other guy that they had signed. No, no one would. I, I no think you're right. Care, yeah. You're onto something. You, you're right. Like, I think that the most interesting thing about Cody Rhodes is that he's Dusty Rhodes' son. And what's so interesting about what you just said is, you, know, you can remember this, I think, is like Dustin got so much shit when he first started in WCW. Yeah. People are like, oh, he's only being pushed because he's Dusty's son. This is crap. He's no good. And to me, I'm going to go on the record right now with this comment. The natural Dustin Rhodes, that character, you know, uh, you know, 91 to like 94 WCW, mm -hmm. 
much better than Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt Dustin is the better perform all around performer. You know, and like he got like I agree that Dustin got a lot of breaks, like especially that first year when he started and he was going over a lot of, you know, talented guys. Um, whether it was like you know Terrence Taylor, Terry Taylor, Terrence Taylor, he was known as he was a York Foundation guy at the time, but um, you know, yeah, he was obviously being pushed because he was Dusty's son, but you know, kind of once that ended and he was being put in tags, whether it was with Steamboat or Wyndham, Dustin was like really good during that time period. And I thought his work in the, you know, as kind of the youngster of the team, like with the veteran was far better than anything I saw Cody Rhodes do in his WWE run. Well, Dustin is just so charismatic. Dustin slash Goldust. He's a guy who changed the industry. Uh, when when he was that Goldust character in 1995, that that was like Attitude Era, year and a half before they actually were the Attitude Era. He, uh, yeah, just so much charisma. And oh that's... yeah, there, there was that. Yeah, and, and, and it was um, that was like he was obviously much different than you know that was a a huge pivot, like a huge right turn, uh, so to speak, from what he was doing as in WCW. Yeah, but you're right. That was he, he was far more interesting and relevant than anything Cody did. I mean, like you know, I mean. He's just, a, like he's just a more dynamic Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and he's just a more just a more dynamic performer than Cody. And yeah. I don't want to bash Cody too much. Like I said, I think he's a good worker. I just don't. He's just never done anything that would make me want to watch his matches or care too much about the character. And um, like before he did the whole Stardust thing, honestly, like I I was never invested in the Cody Rhodes character, whether he was doing like the thing with the mustache or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whether it was the tag team with. Ted DiBiase Jr., like you said, so I like he it does not make. Here's the thing. So to answer your very initial, your very initial, I don't think that's really a word, but your initial question, Cody Rhodes being in the Bullet Club would not make me necessarily more inclined to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling than if he was not involved in New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, in Japan they. If if an American comes in and there's someone that they're vaguely familiar with, they usually do pretty well in Japan. They like the American product. Yeah, um, yeah I don't see him changing the Bullet Club that much. Uh, he's certainly not going to be the leader of the group, which is undoubtedly Kenny Omega right now. And uh, I just wanted to mention, too, that, God, Kenny Omega is on another level right now. If you're not watching New Japan Pro Wrestling and you want a reason to watch, well, number one, you should watch Wrestle Kingdom January 4th because it could very well be the best show of the year um last year probably was the best show of the year of all promotions and uh but yeah omega is just doing some really good stuff this guy's super charismatic innovative uh his finishing move the one winged angel is awesome and uh he was he was so good they were in the semi-main event on saturday um Omega wrestled in a tag, and uh, one of his opponents was uh, Kazuchika Okada, who he's going to wrestle for the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's kind of a preview of uh, what to expect there. And, uh, yeah, God, it was it was an awesome ending. So Okada and um, Ishii won the match over Omega and Adam Page. But then after the match, Omega snapped. And uh, he gave Ishii, he gave Omega the one-winged angle, uh, angel, walked off like he was just a crazy man. I, I can't wait for the match between him and Okada at the Tokyo Dome. So, Kyle, you got to watch that show. Okay. 
That's a lot more interesting than anything Cody Rhodes will bring to the table. <laughs> it's, it's probably true. Again, so. no offense, Cody, but it's just a fact. Yeah. I mean, I watched, uh, you know, uh, the Battle of Los Angeles, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, the, the multi-night tournament, and he was, to me, one of the least interesting people in that tournament. I would agree. Uh, I did make a mistake a second ago. It wasn't Okada and Ishii that uh, Omega gave the one-winged angel to. It was Okada and Gato, his, uh, oh. who is uh, Okada's manager and booker of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a pretty awesome finish to that match, which was the semi-main event. So yeah, check out New Japan Pro Wrestling if you're not following the product. Kenny Omega doing some awesome stuff over there. So uh, with that being said, we have WWE Roadblock coming up this sunday and uh, we're going to be putting out another podcast probably midweek so check back with us then we'll do our usual pay-per-view preview show talk about the matches um where they're going after we uh see or read about monday night raw this week kyle will you be watching the show i probably will i mean i'll, I'll watch it i don't know if i'm going to watch it live but i think i you know I'll, i always dvr it i should have it done but obviously if we're doing a show i think it'd be professional if i watch it <laughs> it's the go home show so we got to tune in uh we, we were talking off air that just raw has been so hard to watch lately whether it's the booking the, the three-hour time format it's just it's a tough watch lately well i'll be i mean the three-hour time format always limits it but I'll, I'll be honest with you the last couple weeks it's actually been much better than it's been since the brand split i'll say that you know um, from what I've seen, I mean, they've given you at least a, a good, ma- like one good match. Um, you know, you had Sasha Charlotte two weeks ago, and then um, Jericho and Reigns actually had a pretty good match last week. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's been better. Um, but yeah, the three-hour format always is going to hurt. I mean, I, I, I think to have a three-hour weekly TV program, it just, uh, it, it's so hard to make that, you know, good. I can't call a show good that's ha- that has one good match on it though. It's oh, that's true. It's been that's a struggle. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right. I think overall, it's um, you know, it struggles in the sense that the main programs just aren't very compelling. Like the main program isn't very compelling. Um, I think Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins that feud, uh, quite frankly, has been one of the worst world title programs i've seen in some time and i like both performers (laughs) but i just think it's been very uninteresting yeah um so we'll see um you know how owens does with reigns i think that's gonna be a good match um but uh and i think jericho rollins will be a good match at the show too but um you know it it, it just kind of feels like a placeholder show overall yeah we've got four shows until WrestleMania 33. So we got Roadblock this Sunday. We got the Rumble January 29th. We've got uh, Elimination Chamber February 12th, which will be a SmackDown show. And uh, tentatively, tentatively, this is kind of a new report. There's this been week. some discrepancy about that. Originally, it was going to be Raw. Now they're saying it's going to be SmackDown. That's to me is a big deal because it seems natural that whichever brand doesn't win the rumble uh it would be logical to have them decide their number one contender for the mania title match uh, via the elimination chamber yeah but i could be wrong i mean but that's usually what they've done in the past you know 
when they had the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in, in February. And uh, then we'll have Fastlane, tentatively then a Raw show March 5th, and that'll be the last show before WrestleMania. So like we said at the beginning, uh, Kyle and I wanted to look at a prospective WrestleMania card with you guys today, uh, maybe kind of fantasy book at what would, what would we do going in, where do we think WWE is going, and we might as well just start off with the John Cena angle, Kyle, because we've already talked about that a little bit, so... You said you believe no matter what, Cena's challenging for the title at WrestleMania um, when he comes Am back. I, wrong? I think uh, I'm, I'm not 100. percent It's going to be a title match. I think he's wrestling Taker. Uh, I'm oh. pretty. I'm pretty set on that. I'm not uh-huh. sure. I, th- I think they could pivot on that being a a title match, and that's because there's another match out there, and maybe this is me just uh, hoping. But I think there's another match that they could do out there that uh, would be better for the title. Okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah. Then let's start, because I wanted to start with SmackDown, so I'm glad you brought that up. To me, they like, all right, I, I view it as Cena's going to be the challenger, and the storyline's going to be him going for Flair, to tie Flair's record. And he's going to either challenge the current champion, AJ Styles, who he you know, job for a couple times in the last you know few months or Undertaker. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't you think it's like to me, the SmackDown title match is going to involve two of those three guys. Yeah. I think I said, I don't know. It was a month and a half two two yeah. months ago on the show. I said, Taker's coming back. Taker's going to win the title at the rumble. And then yep. Cena's going to face him at me. That was my prediction. And, and, uh, yeah, it, I, there's a lot of people who think that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that very well still might be the plan. Um, I guess from the fantasy booking angle, though, I had written down on my notes here something else that I think would be better. Please um, do share. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but um, okay. this angle, first of all, would uh, involve AJ keeping the title all the way to Mania. Okay. And his match would involve a call-up from NXT. Okay, because this is actually my AJ Styles opponent if he's not the champion. So this would. So we're going to be on the same page here, but we're just going to disagree on what's the title match. <laughs> yeah. So in in this uh, fantasy world, I was I was booking here. I had Nakamura yes. as a surprise entrant at the Rumble, win yes. the Rumble, challenge AJ for the title at Mania in a rematch from uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom ten last year when they had an unbelievable match together. Um. So that would be my title match, and then here's where Taker and Cena comes in. So. Taker wrestles AJ for the title at the Rumble. Yes. Um, but Taker loses to AJ at the Rumble. And mm-hmm. around this time, John Cena comes back and he insults The Undertaker because Taker had come back, talked about how, you know, SmackDown needed to be the top brand, so on. Uh, tried to hype up the guys a few weeks back. So Cena would come out. He would insult The Undertaker. be kind of like, not a full heel turn, but like a semi-heel turn. Because if he's wrestling Taker, Taker's going to get cheered. Let's be real. So it'd be like a, a semi-heel turn out of, out of Cena. He'd insult Taker. He's not the guy he used to be. He's gotten soft. He lost to AJ Styles, who's still a heel at this point. 
And then this brings back the Undertaker into like uh, the old Undertaker. It becomes more dark like he used to be. This could lead to a series of promos and vignettes where um, it's like the supernatural Undertaker. You think you're getting like the Undertaker of, of the mid-90s again, and he comes back stronger than ever to face John Cena at Mania, and it, it would not be for the title in that storyline because you would need AJ to retain at the Rumble for Cena to insult the Undertaker and kind of like get the old dead man out of him. So that's that's my fantasy booking. Right so there. we both have the top. So the, the I'll be on the my top two matches on the SmackDown brand were Undertaker versus Cena and Styles versus Nakamura. Only I have Taker versus Cena as the title match. Right. So we agree, just disagree on what will be the title match. I just think that um, because it was funny because I was like, all right, well, if they do AJ and Taker at Rumble, and I do think, do you, are we in agreement then that you think that's going to be the SmackDown title match at the Rumble? Yeah. AJ versus Undertaker, because he's obviously done. They can't go back to Dean Ambrose again, can they? No. Yeah, this, yeah, that's definitely the, the pick. Because, I mean, they, they need to sell some tickets for this Rumble, and I, I'm not sure. I don't have the latest word on what the advance is for that show, but, you know, they've got to kind of have, you know, at least one of the title matches be, um, you know, a pretty big deal. Yeah. I don't know what the raw title match will be, but uh, we can get into that in a minute, but it makes sense for the undertaker to come back at that show. And I think Cena's is going to work the rumble though. Yeah. Don't he could, like, he could still, he could still work the rumble, but then like come out that week on SmackDown. If, uh, if taker lost and then go into the whole storyline and uh, propose. Well, well, anyway, my whole thing was, all right, well, if AJ is out of the world title picture at WrestleMania, I'm like, well, you got to do something with him. And I'm like, I'm, I was kind of kicking it around. All right, well, what can you do to kind of satisfy a portion of the fan base? And then, you know, calling up Nakamura would obviously be, um, you know, satisfy that master. And I have heard that SmackDown's going to have some new people mm-hmm. by Mania time. I have heard that. So um, Nakamura makes sense. In yeah. That so um, I think that would work. And, you know, um, I just think Vince would rather have Taker Cena be his title match with Cena going for number 16. Yeah. I mean, if I were to put money on it, I would still say a Taker Cena would be the title match. This was just me looking at it as like fantasy booking. What would I do? All right. Okay. Let's talk about fantasy here. Are they going to do Miz versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Because God <laughs> bless America, are they building to it? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, why why do they continue with all that if they're not going to have a match? I yeah I don't. Uh, By the I way, know. I would look forward to that match maybe more than any other match at the show. I'm dead freaking serious. The way it's been built mm-hmm. and the dynamic there. I hope it happens. I'm not. I'm not going to say I think it's going to happen. And that would be. By the way, sure. if you did that match, if you did Daniel Bryan versus Miz, and you had Cena Taker, AJ Nakamura, that's a very strong top three matches from the oh, SmackDown. Yeah. I mean, really strong. I mean, as much as people are like, oh, SmackDown, it's not the, you know, it'll always be number two. Whew, that is a strong top three. Yeah. Because who else do you have the biz work with? Like, I was thinking, okay, like, if it's AJ versus Cena at WrestleMania, what do you do with Undertaker? And I was like, do you put him with Miz because Miz is deserving of a big match at WrestleMania in my opinion 
Yeah. And I don't see a lot of people right now on that brand. And we, we had talked about this, I think, on the postgame show. Well, who challenges him next for the now that, you know, for the Intercontinental title? And it looks like he's going to be working with Ambrose a little bit, although I, I think Ambrose is going to transition in a few with Ellsworth, quite frankly. Oh, joy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I don't mind it because, you know, I mean, I don't think it benefits Ambrose to just not beat the Miz for the Intercontinental title because he shouldn't, right? No, no, I mean, but James Ellsworth you know, needs to go. I'm interested to see him if he goes full-blown heel. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, I, I'm a little intrigued to see what they would do with that or if maybe they have Ambrose the heel. I don't know, but... um. And, you know, I don't know. Is that a Mania match? Ambrose and Ellsworth? Oh, imagine you're Dean Ambrose and you wrestle James Ellsworth at WrestleMania. (laughs) Well, you know, it could be worse. You could wrestle Brock Lesnar and get squashed. (sighs) True, but that's just a joke of a match. Or do you... Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, do... There's no way of us knowing... They are of us... uh, I have no knowledge if Daniel Bryan's going to work or not, but God, they are building that match on TV. Like if, if you're just a casual, not, I hate using that term, but if you're just someone who, you know, maybe doesn't read uh, the newsletters, doesn't read the rumors online and you just watch SmackDown every week mm-hmm. and you're just a reasonable mind. Yeah. Right. You're clearly thinking to yourself, okay, at some point, Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle the Miz. Yeah, no doubt. Like the TV has clearly been building towards it. Mm-hmm. Like I just like, and when they first started doing it, and I was doing the SmackDown recaps. I, I said, I'm like, man, they got to be careful if they're not going to do this. They need to cut this out immediately because it's going to make people want to see it. Yeah. And if they never do it, that's just that's wrong. So, um, you know, and, and the fact that they've kept going with it makes me think that um, they're going to do it. It seems like it. If if they do that match, and if we get Taker, Cena, AJ Nakamura, I'm going to be pretty tempted to jump in an airplane and head to Orlando for that show, Kyle. <laughs> I, I know okay. you're going to the show. Yeah, I am going. I will be there, yes. I'm going to be tempted to try to convince one of my friends to go to Orlando with me for that show, because that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, what about the rest of the brand on SmackDown? Like, what do you like? You've got the tag title picture. What does that look like? I, I Orton and Wyatt are long-term champions, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, so I was struggling with this because I feel like they have to do like a brand versus brand match at Mania to spice it up a little bit. Um, kind of like they, well, they did the Survivor Series matches. Um, and if, if they're going to do that and blend the brands in a match, I feel like it's it's could be like a tag team champions versus tag team champions match. Non-title, just both of the champions going at it because oh. those those divisions could be uh pretty stale by that point and that might spice it up a little bit so i was trying to think about who would be the champions at that point we've, we've talked a lot about american alpha on the show and how they've lost so much steam um i still think they're building them because like yeah they're saying the right things on tv you know as much as people want to dump on wwe oh they're not doing as much as they should with these guys and you know the booking for american alpha hasn't been perfect i'll be very blunt with you there but they're saying the right things on tv about them they clearly want to push them i just think they're not as over as 
you know, we would have hoped. Yeah. But I still think that there is a goal moving forward of having them challenge Wyatt Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, whether or not that's a mania match, I don't know. Um, one thing I, I will say is I would not do uh, the breakup of Orton and Wyatt before mania because I think that would get lost to the shuffle. Yeah, I had actually penciled in Orton versus Bray at Mania. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. But I, right. that was wow. just me trying to figure out where they're going. Okay. But like, yeah, they I, could I hold it off. Because, you know, when you look at, you know, these brands have to do their own pay-per-views after WrestleMania and you have to have something. I just think that that could potentially be a hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether or not, you know, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton wets your whistle, whatever. I don't know. Um, I, I just think you have to hold off on that, especially because... Over on Raw, they're about to do uh, a major breakup angle with Owens and Jericho. Yeah. I think that if you did the same thing on SmackDown, it would just kind of come across as copycat. Now, that didn't prevent them from doing such things in the first brand extension. Uh, That's just my word of warning that you don't want to kind of come across as, you know, doing the same thing on both brands in such a short period of time. And I think Orton and Wyatt, which when they do eventually split SmackDown's going to want that to mean something. And I think it's a match that would wind up being pretty low on the card at WrestleMania. Yeah. So, you know, whole, and judging by the commentary on SmackDown last week, you know, they're really going to push this Orton and Wyatt group pretty hard. And, and I actually like how they've gone with it. You know, it wasn't just a, a couple week ruse by Orton. Cause that would have meant nothing. I like so it too. I, I actually like what they're doing. They're winning me over with that storyline now. Yeah, it's it's the freshest the Wyatt family has felt in years. So yeah. I'm, I've and, been a fan and the group too. is over. They are oh. very over. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the crowd wanted to see them beat Slater and Rhino at TLC, and mm-hmm. they wanted to see them beat Slater and Rhino the next night on SmackDown or two nights later on SmackDown, I should say. Yeah. So, yeah, if they did do a, t- a tag team versus tag team match between the brands, I don't know. I, I had pencil in maybe Enzo and Cass against American Alpha, but I, I have really have no idea where okay. where the titles are going to be at at that point. I, I had American Alpha challenging Orton and Wyatt is what I had. Okay. Let's back out tag team picture. Yeah. Uh, the women. What do we do with the women? I, I, I know. I, I think we're probably going to be in agreement here what the match is going to be. It's just a question of how they set it up. Sasha Bailey. No, on SmackDown. Oh, on SmackDown. So that one I was going back and forth on. Let's see. I had... <laughs> so we've talked about how like they they may be making Nikki the top face and, and yes. Becky a, a heel. Yes. But you also know I'm, I'm all aboard the Alexa Bliss train. Yes. So I said Nikki and Alexa. Ooh. But I could also see yeah, Nikki and Becky too. Yeah, that's. I think it's going to be Nikki yeah. and Becky. I think... Uh, Alexa, you know, she has done a great job, uh, but I think she's going to lose the title between now and Mania to either Nikki or Becky. And that, you know, Nikki and Becky's going to be the title match. Yeah. With Becky as he he heel. I still believe that Becky is going to be the person who attacked Nikki Bella, and there's your setup. Yeah, that works. So, and five matches, by the way, from the brand, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, um, you know, everyone else, I guess, can be in the Battle Royal or mm-hmm. a pre-show match. I mean, you know, when when you 
take five matches from one brand and raw is going to have maybe five matches. You're looking at 10 matches already. You know, everything's got to get time. I mean, <laughs> these last couple of manias, what the, you know, they've struggled to get like eight matches in a four hour show, which is crazy. Yeah. So title match on raw. Um, let me let you go first here and then I'll share. My okay. Idea. My idea is total fantasy and okay. I don't think it's going to happen at all. All right. Because I really, really struggled here with this. Be- um, I really think they're onto something with this Goldberg challenging for the title. I think he is the most over baby face. Sweet in this Jesus. This better not happen. <laughs> I, I just, I look at it. I'm like, all right, well, what other baby face are they going to have challenged for the title on raw? Is it going to be Roman Reigns? Is that better than Bill Goldberg? I don't think so. Returning Finn Balor. Is he going to be back in time? I think so. You're a doctor now. <laughs> that was the last I heard is they were, they were hoping he would okay. uh, be back by me. I think Meltzer had it in the Observer Okay, uh, within the last well, couple of weeks. That must be true if Meltzer had it in the Observer. <laughs> um, but I, here's my fantasy idea, and this is not going to happen. I'm, I'm literally going to – like. There are people who are like, oh, this could happen. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. I am telling you right now, this is absolutely not going to happen, but God bless America, it should. I would have Roman Reigns win the title before WrestleMania, turn heel, and defend against Bill Goldberg. I can see it happening, and that scares that, me. N- name me a better match that raw could have than that. Well, I should say a better, uh, because when I say better match, obviously it's pretty easy to name a better match than that. Cause it's not, it would not be the great best match, but I think in terms of the dynamic involved, I don't think you can do better than that. I think you do a lot better than that. And here it is. I found, I okay. found the quote on Finn Balor's return. So it was not in the observer. It was Balor himself. He was on the Sam Roberts podcast and he said, quote, the target's WrestleMania. There's talk it could be sooner, but really that's the hard target. And that's what I'm aiming for right now. Six hours of rehab every day, three in the morning, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. The guys down in Birmingham, Alabama have been incredible. I've been working out with them every day. So to me, if he can be back by Mania, it's the obvious storyline is you have Balor challenged for the title. He never lost against Kevin Owens. I think you got to have Kevin Owens carry the belt that far if they're going to do wow. Balor's okay. return. If they're going to if Balor's going to be back, you got to have Owens hold it until Mania. So I think you got to have Owens and Jericho in Mania. I figured that was coming sooner. It's I could see it being the Rumble title match, right? Yeah. On Raw? Mhm. Huh. Raw, I'm glad we went with SmackDown sooner because Raw was way trickier to yeah, me. Yeah, Raw, is, and that's indicative of the writing too. Yes, yes. SmackDown just had, they just know what they're doing better on SmackDown. Yeah. Um. Or do you do something like is Owens Jericho a title program? Is my question for Mania. I like the match. I'm looking forward to the match. I don't. I don't think it's a WrestleMania. I don't title think match. it would need. Yeah, I don't think it would. And here's the thing, too. I don't think it would need the title because it'd be a well-built feud. I know that doesn't make sense. You kind of really want your world title program to be a well-built feud. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily what they do. They just kind of look on, oh, on that day, what's the biggest match? Yeah. 
So I don't see if they did Owens Jericho at Mania, I actually see it not being the title match. Um, I could also see like Owens doing something where he turns on Jericho and takes him out. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I just feel like if that is the hard return date of Finn Balor, that, that's just like your built-in storyline. It's got to be the title match. He's coming back to get the title. He didn't lose. Do you know lose. what's real interesting, Val? Is that he, the guy who injured Balor, Seth Rollins, you've put Rollins in a position now where he's like the 1A baby face on Raw. Is Balor just not going to get revenge on that? Well, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, since it was kind of like, I guess they did show it over and over on TV. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure they I, make well, a storyline out of it, though. But I, I did actually have in my notes here when I was trying to figure out where they'd go with Rollins, I did have Rollins would be a heel by Mania. Um, oh, really? oh, no, I don't think that at all. And I had that because Balor's going to come back and he's he he's obviously going to be, I think, a bigger face than Rollins is right now when he comes back. God, what a wasted face turn that is from Seth Rollins. Yeah, but we've talked about it on the show. It just hasn't gone over like they no, would hope. I, they're doing – see, to me, the only thing I'm convinced at on the Raw side is Rollins versus Triple H. Yeah. Rollins threw it out there on Raw. It was kind of weird how he did it uh, last week. He was just like, I want Triple H. It's like, well, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, that had been talked about for some time. They've held Triple H off. Uh, from being on TV uh, since he cost Rollins the match that made Owens champion. That is the one thing I am confident at, that it's going to be Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Yeah, that one's obvious. So what do you do with Roman Reigns then? So I had Reigns-Goldberg actually, just not a title match. Wow. Yeah. Okay, what do you do with Brock Lesnar then? So I had, um, this also involves an NXT person. So I had Brock, Joe, uh, with that being dependent on Brock wrestling Goldberg again with Brock winning this time. Here's my, I wanted to circle back to my original idea of Goldberg challenging Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania. I don't think that Goldberg, a a second Goldberg-Lesnar match is more appealing than Goldberg challenging for the title against somebody else. I just don't. And I think the crowd is go- the crowd, the audience, whatever you want to say, the WWE universe um, d- would disagree with that. The way it's built, I-, I just think that the way they had Goldberg over Lesnar. I know they're trying to build it as oh Brock Lesnar took him lightly. And look, truth be told, I think it's gonna they're gonna do a, a Goldberg Lesnar match at WrestleMania. I just think that's a poor call. I just don't think that's the right move. Yeah. At all. I, I just think that's very uninspiring. Yeah, it's the obvious it's the obvious match. If they do, if they wind up going with Goldberg Lesnar and then Roman Reigns challenging for the title, that's just very very uninspiring to me. Yeah. I would, um, I just wouldn't do it. And I'll be honest with you. I, I would actually not have Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I just can't imagine reigns in a title match yet again this year. 
you know, like just like that was so flat last year against yeah. Triple H. It was so flat, and you know the idea, ooh, you know that now it's going to be once again the coronation of Roman Reigns. I just think that that ship has kind of sailed. Mm-hmm. They've blown it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just don't think that's a good angle to go with. Yeah. I, I, I and what do you? Am I, by the way, we kind of just floated over it. I I thought I would draw more of a reaction from you when I said it. Brock Lesnar not even working WrestleMania. Let's say that he didn't. Would you be, your reaction to that would be? I wouldn't care that much, personally. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't care at all. Like, I mean, you know, what has he done in the last year and a half except, you know, beat full-timers and kind of harm them in the process. Uh, you know, he, I, I just, I, I wouldn't really care. I just think he's, un, I think Goldberg has kind of taken his role on the card in some regard. And, you know, I think the way the crowd responded to uh, Goldberg saying, oh, you know, do I have one more title run in me? I, I think that's your hook. I really think that's your hook on Raw is yeah. to have, I would have, um, who should win the rumble by the way? Well, in my, in my fantasy booking, I had Nakamura coming in as a surprise and winning it and then challenging AJ. Okay. Okay. That's right. That's right. Um, that would surprise me a little bit. Yeah. It would surprise me too. I just think it'd be awesome. I I think, (laughs) okay. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, I think it should realistically will either be Goldberg or John Cena. Yeah, sadly, I think Which, uh, I mean, it's likely I, I think a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at, but you know, it's because um, that's lazy booking. I don't know. I, 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 I think you're really selling this bill Goldberg short. <laughs> He's almost 50 years old. He adds that... nothing to the show. I'm sorry. He he adds nothing to it. He's over though. Like th- this is a promotion that does not know how to book baby faces. And this guy is over as a baby face. But do you do you honestly think in nearly four months from now he's still gonna be like gigantically over? Or the crowd will be sick of him by then? I think if they keep him off TV, which is such a indictment of TV. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, I mean, the guy's over right now. I mean, I, I just you can't sit. I mean, look, I'm not I was never the biggest Goldberg fan in his heyday, but you can't. Help but think, at least in my mind, when I watch, I'm like, this guy's the most over baby face in the promotion. And this is a baby face promotion. You want a hot baby face challenging for the title at your biggest show. And the Cena thing, if he wrestles Undertaker, you you brought this up. That's not going to, uh, you know, be this, you know, homogenous crowd reaction, obviously. To be honest with you, more people will probably be cheering for Taker that night in in the live crowd in Orlando. Well, I think... You have to have a hot baby face challenging for a title at Mania, I think. And to me, when I look at this roster, Bill Goldberg's the only option. Well, if you think about the crowd that's going to be at Mania, in my perspective card... AJ and Nakamura. Nakamura would be over like crazy in front of 70,000 people. As would Finn ba- a returning Finn Balor challenging for the title against Owen. So right there, I think those are your two uh those are your two over baby faces in both 
in both title matches. And it's a lot better for the future of the promotion than 50-year-old Bill Goldberg <laughs> challenging Roman Reigns. You know, or Bill always 50 years old. I, I just, I don't think that matters if the guy's over. That's what WCW also thought when they had yeah, all the old guys spoke, on top. You know what, though? It was because they were on TV. It was once... This is a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> but WCW, what their mistake was, if you look back, because they had the same guys on top in 98 that they did in 97 and 97, they were much better. Exactly. The key, the key was though, that Hogan was overexposed in 98. If you go back and look at 97, he only worked like half the pay-per-views. He would take like long stretches off. Well, they were always enamored though with the old guys. And the problem was that they didn't elevate the young talent. Yeah. But I, I think it was it wasn't just that it was just that it was just bad booking like i think they had like the right horses they had bigger stars than wcw it was just the the, the wwf the booking was just bad yeah because it would just be in a circle like you'd watch it on a weekly basis and it would make no sense like i don't think it was necessarily is indicative of the like the, there was the issue that it was the old timers promotion and stuff but um you know, a lot of those guys still meant something in 98. I just think that the booking was so shitty, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Well, I mean, Nakamura, he's not super young. He's 36, too. So I think his time is now. They, they got to use him on the main roster sooner rather than later. I agree. I just think it's... It's such a... WWE is such a weird place because I don't know if, you know, Nakamura and... Balor would be as big time as some people think like right off the rip. I think they potentially could be, but I'm not convinced that, you know, Nakamura showing up at the rubble cold, making a debut and then just kind of like being a guy challenged. I'm not sure that's going to be as hot on the main roster as you think. Well, I think in front of because a WrestleMania crowd, it is. Between, well, yeah, you're right. There's the WrestleMania crowd and the Rumble crowd, but you got to remember there's all that TV in between. And we've talked about the disconnect between NXT and WWE before that you're talking about what? Two thirds of the WWE crowd does not watch NXT. Mm -hmm. And but Nakamura yeah. isn't some guy that was developed in NXT. This guy's like a, a global Oh, no, star. I agree. But I, I think if you don't watch it, I think I'd love to be proven wrong on this, but I would be worried at Nakamura, unless if you debuted him at the right spot. Have you noticed how... They've I, talked I about New how over he'd be. They've talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling and they've talked about the IWGP titles and stuff like more and more on television. Yeah, so is that to set up like New Japan's biggest star of the last few years becoming a guy in the main roster? Oh, sure. I think he's going to go on the main roster. But I, you know, I mean, like Jim Ross, when he was the voice of WCW, he used to always talk about Japan. It didn't, you know, mean a hill of beans. On WCW? Yeah, like they, we don't, well, they did like the they super shows. relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, they, you know, I don't think, I just, I think that, you know, that doesn't, you know, them mentioning it 
doesn't mean as much as some people think it does. It's just it's something that WWE hasn't done a lot of. No, I agree with that. It's it's a clear shift in philosophy. Yes, that's absolutely true. But I don't know if that shift in philosophy, you know, means at the same time that like people are like, what is this New Japan Pro Wrestling they speak of? I'm not sure that that the two things equate. So, so this was supposed to be fantasy booking though. So in your mind, Uh you can't tell me if you're fantasy booking, like I was fantasy booking here. I want to see AJ Nakamura. I want to see, I agreed with you. I agreed with you. We agreed on the SmackDown side. You can't tell me as a fantasy booker, you want to see Goldberg reigns as the title match. I'm telling you right now. I do. (laughs) My goodness. I'm telling you, I do. All right. Well, it could, I, I, it could I, happen. I really, it could very well happen. I just wouldn't I really fantasy want, book I it. Also, I also really want to see Roman Reigns work heel and just like in, like just absolutely unload on the crowd. Well, that's why. So I, I told you, I also had Reigns Goldberg. I just didn't have a, a title match. And that is kind of me looking at it as them continuing to force Reigns down the throat of the crowd. And they see Goldberg as a big star now, just like you said. So a Reigns victory over Goldberg at WrestleMania, they might see as a chance to continue to cement Reigns as a star of the future. I just don't think it should be a title match. I, I have that match down as a perspective match, just, just not for the title. So that's where we disagree. But where do you think, let's wrap this up because we're running out of time. Where do you think, uh, uh, the title match on Raw for the women's going because I had Sasha and Bailey. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, hundred ten percent. Um, that leaves Charlotte out of the picture, so I don't, I don't know if they yeah, do a Charlotte do Dana match or. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I I don't know. I, I you know I it's funny. I used to be like so worried about that, but um, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think they've dumped on the idea of Dana. Yeah. What what about the tag title picture? Is the new day will be done by that point, right? Yeah, that's that's where I was speculating on a, a title versus title match with SmackDown, but I who knows? I think that I think the tag title match is like the hardest of the championships to predict by far right now. Yeah, because I think they're just not gonna put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Um I personally believe that Sheamus and Cesaro will be the team that dethrones New Day. Yeah. And you've got a really hot team in Enzo and Cass out there. But Sheamus and Zaro, when you watch that skit, that barroom brawl skit, it's very clear they're being positioned as a face team. I mentioned this. So um I don't know how then you, you, you know it's kind of been a weird dynamic with Sheamus and Cesaro challenging New Day because they're basically two baby face teams. Mm-hmm. And New Day has kind of actually been the one hinting heel, which I don't think a lot of people saw initially um but i I don't know how then you go to another baby face team so yeah it's that's difficult to say i also tried to it seems i also don't think they want like it just seems like they've made up their minds so much that enzo and Cass. okay it's an overact but we're just biding our time till we turn Cass into a single star Mm -hmm. i don't think like i don't think they care if enzo and Cass ever become tag team champions which is too bad because they were a really hot act yeah and the other thing I wanted to say, and I also looked at the cruiserweight division, and that's like nearly impossible to say where they'll oh, be who, at three you know, and a half you know, people, are, people aren't going to like this comment at all. Who cares? Who the hell cares about, about that belt right now? I think Swan should still be the champion. He's the uh, he's the most over guy 
in the cruiser. I like division. Cedric Alexander. I like best. him too, but Swan is super over with the crowd. I actually had Swan versus Alexander if I had to pick a match right now. You know, okay. Here's the better. Here's the I think more relevant question: Will the cruiserweight title be on the main show at WrestleMania, or will be a pre, will be a pre-show match? Oh God, I hope it's on the main show, but really hard to say. I'm going to hope it's on the main show because they have a show dedicated to the title now, but uh, we will see. Huh. The, other, the other factor I had, the last thing here was, is Ronda Rousey going to be there? Because everyone talked about how um, she could possibly be there to return the favor for Vince allowing Brock to work UFC last summer. So, You know what? There you go. There's, would she work Charlotte? That was my idea, yeah. Would she work Charlotte? Possibly. That, that, was, okay. that was the one I had penciled in. We'll see. Yeah, we're we're gonna have plenty to talk about the next few months, as you guys can see. So. That was a lot. You know what's funny? The SmackDown side was very neat. I yeah. felt, but this Raw thing, like, I don't, I don't know if we did what we set out to do, really. Well, just like the show itself, we it's chaos. Agreed with each other and just played devil's advocate, and we don't <laughs> really have anything on that side. We have some ideas, but we also only have three matches announced for their pay per view this Sunday. So hopefully, when we. Uh, Oh Jesus! Really? I was. Yeah. I, I actually went to look that up when you said that. Yeah. What's the third match? So because I know it's Rollins Jericho. Yeah. And is that gonna be a street fight? Because they've been doing those on the house shows, or has that not been announced yet? Uh, has not been announced. You've okay. Got, I, I think that's gonna be announced. Yeah. Because you got Sasha Charlotte and the the thirty minute Iron Man, and oh, then you that's got right. yes, yes, of course, of course. Owen and Owens and Roman. So. I'm sure we'll get more matches on Raw. Actually, by the time some of you are listening to this, you probably already know because it might be after Raw aired. So uh, make sure to tune back into Top Rope Nation uh, towards the middle of the week after television this week is aired. We'll we'll record our uh, pre uh, or prediction show for Roadblock this Sunday. So uh, any closing comments, Kyle? Yeah, the NFL makes me very upset. <laughs> I just check back. It's just what an upsetting sport. Well, hopefully we get a good week of WWE television and we're hyped up to talk about it by Wednesday or Thursday. Yes. All right. So, hey, for you new listeners, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you check back with us. Um, All the shows are posted on topropepress.com as well as our Podbean page, of course, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. If you listen on iTunes, go ahead and subscribe. Leave the show a rating. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us grow our audience and also like we said next sunday check us out on youtube um, we'll be having our live post game show uh, webcast on there like we've done the last two pay-per-views so with that said i am ryan drosty of topropepress.com he is kyle ross and we'll check you guys next time thanks